Welcome to Faked, an original podcast highlighting the underground world of counterfeit illegal items around the world and how to spot them. Whether you're traveling the world or buying online, Faked will be your guide. With your host, Joseph Rowan, you'll explore the many ways counterfeiters can pull off disguising everyday consumer items as the genuine good. All right, guys, what is going on? We are back with a new episode of Faked. This one is all about wood carvings, um, specifically like antiques. Uh, you know, we could go into furniture, we could go to all this different stuff, but primarily when you are traveling and you go somewhere uh, like Mexico or anywhere that kind of has like that ancient connection, you know, when you go to Mexico, you've got the Mayans and the Aztecs and you know, there's a lot of um, a lot of stuff that comes out of there that they say is like handmade, hand carved. However, you know it's not. Like they're selling it to you for like twelve bucks, um, and you're like, "Oh, that's got to be real." No. Well, for one, wood just doesn't last that long unless it's like ideal conditions, which we'll talk about later. But uh, you just you want to make sure that what you're getting is up to uh, you know your expectations. Obviously, there's nothing wrong with uh, there being some memoir that you take back that was not handmade. But if something's being sold as handmade, typically the price is going to be a lot higher. And you're going to be feeding other people false information by saying, oh, I've got this hand-carved ancient whatever, you know, uh, Sumerian lady. So that's another thing is we can talk about... uh, you're not allowed to bring back um, ancient stuff anyways. Uh, you know, anything that's like deemed historically significant to the region, they'll stop you and you're not supposed to bring it back. You're not even allowed to ship it. Like if you say uh, that this is uh, ancient, whatever, whatever, uh, they're not going to let you send it back. It's just uh, something that you're not supposed to really take things out of countries that are historically significant. I guess you could probably get around that and just say it's fake, <laughs> um, which would be kind of a smart way, I guess, to do that, but um, also deceitful, and we're not about deceit here. So anyways, that's kind of the preamble here. So let's talk about what, like, what are wood carvings and how long has it been around? Why is it significant? Um, Why do people enjoy it? So we can pretty much assume wood carving has been around forever, uh, probably since man has been on earth. So the history of wood carving begins at the beginning, okay? They've always, people have always used and manipulated wood for many different things. Um, you know, some people may say Adam was probably the first wood carver when we look at the um, the history of the Bible or the world. And we just say that first person that we know about um, was the first wood carver because you see wood, you see how malleable it is. Maybe you find a, a stone that's sharper than the rest and you start hammering away with it, um, you know, tying a rock to a stick of wood and, you know, using it as a hammer. I think um, I don't think you'd have to be a really big genius or know about different technologies in order to do that. I think uh, that seems pretty um, universal. So. You know, we talk about where that started. That's pretty crazy to think that something, um, you know, that we have and hold dear today was probably part of the original, like, just earth. Like, it's it's pretty awesome. So, um, due to wood, obviously, being a material that cannot stand um, the test of time, wood carvings must be protected and taken care of, um, like, you know, apply to lacquer, which obviously some of these ancient ones, they didn't have that. 
So they didn't have lacquer. They didn't have, I mean, I guess amber maybe you could apply to the outside, but um, who knew at that time that that would preserve it, you know, things like that. When we find mosquitoes in amber from forever ago. So um, unlike stone carvings or sculptures uh, that may be buried for thousands of years and survive, you know, wood carvings and wood sculptures, obviously under those conditions don't last as long. So uh, between the elements and the insects, uh, just pretty much a short time, nothing be left. I mean, you've seen wood under, you know, today's conditions and stuff. So there is a country, however, with uh, conditions that are favorable enough that wood can survive for long periods of time, which is pretty cool, uh, even without care. So uh, the climate in Egypt uh, is the only climate where this could happen, apparently. So in 1860, 11 wooden panels were found that had been preserved under the sands for 4,000 years. That is a lot of preservation. That's crazy. So I think that is the oldest preserved wooden uh, art, uh, I, I guess, antique or whatever, whatever it is. Uh, it's the, uh, it's the oldest of that. So, um, each of the panels measured two feet by one and one half feet. So the panels are, um, what modern wood carvers would call relief carvings. Okay. They were found in the tomb of Pharaoh Hezira. Uh, the earliest three-dimensional figure yet found is thought to have been carved around 2,500 BC. The carving is three feet high and uh, is in the uh, usual Egyptian pose, walking forward with both feet, both feet flat on the ground and holding a staff in one hand. Wood was not plentiful in Egypt, um, and the acacia and the sycamore were the only trees growing uh, at the time suitable for carving. So these trees were so scarce that they were considered sacred. While um, there are indications that in almost every country people practice the art of wood carving, the carvings did not survive as they did in Egypt. Um, and again, you know, people weren't making stuff in order for it to last forever. You know, these were things, you know, it's like us making a, or like your kids making a clay like little thing and you put it on your desk. I don't think you're going to think that that's going to stay there forever. However, um, I do believe that would last longer than wood. So um, just kind of some of the stuff that we wanted to go through when it, when we talk about history of wood carving. It's not the most exciting, but um, it is fun to kind of see what the heck, um, you know, people were doing back in the day. It's always fun to see that and, you know, that we literally do it today. So... Um, you know, that survived through the dark ages. We have wood carvings from there. So once we start to get into that, um, area, we start to see cultural significant, um, real wood, not faked stuff, um, come from those eras. Uh, so we do have some pretty long lasting wood items. They're just not a, a plenty and they're much rarer now. So that's why you should always be a little skeptical when you do see a um, ancient wooden thing, uh, you know, from somewhere, especially like at a corner store. You know, it's not a, a a huge art gallery. It's it's like some guy selling that right next to chiclets. It's like uh, you, you kind of have to be a little skeptical on that one. Um, and, and, you know, they will tell you, they'll say, oh, hand carve, hand carve, hand carve. Um, it's not, though. Uh, it's definitely not, and all of them look the same, and we're going to talk about how we can spot some of the fake ones. You can even call them out on it, because if that's their hand, um, their hand, uh, you know, made price, maybe there is a not handmade price, and then we're going to talk about what that not handmade option is. So it's called a CNC wood router, okay? Uh, it creates objects from woods. It's a computer program. Basically, it stands for Computer Numerical Control 
wood router. So it has an XYZ, essentially a 3D motion control, kind of like a 3D printer, but you're printing by removing wood on a wood slab. And you can make anything, you let it sit, and it is crazy, okay? Uh, they're really cool. You should look up some, uh, so how fast people can make wood things that you would, it would take months to chip away at. And uh, you'll see guitars made this way. Um, you'll see a lot of art, like decor, that either goes on a wall or a shelf. That's why you can get it for so cheap because if you do go to like an Amish country, which even Amish do use these, um, you know, obviously not true Amish because they couldn't, um, you know, plug this stuff up. You need a computer, all that stuff. However, people do brand Amish, which that'll be another episode is fake Amish stuff because if you know anything about Amish items, they are so expensive that clearly they, they are faked. You know, we talk about something that is very valuable is something that was always faked. So I would check up the CNC wood router just so you can kind of get a feel of what these are. I don't want to go into the intricacies of it, but basically it just looks like a big 3D printer and it prints things onto wood by removing wood using a drill or a buffer or something like that. So it's, uh, it's pretty cool to see how that happens um, so quickly too. It is insane. All right, so how do we identify when we do pick up the, some of these wood pieces and Again, price right off the bat is a huge thing. If you're getting these for $15, they're not handmade. Um, and you can definitely tell. Unless it's such a small item, we're talking about like maybe they made a, a moon out of wood. You know, something that's so easy. That might be. So you have to consider the context, obviously, too. So that's really big is looking at what is it. And then just kind of what kind of work needed to be put into this. Also consider, obviously, the exchange rate. Because if it is $20, but heck, you go to Venezuela, $20 is an infinity amount of money. Or if you go to Punta Cana, a ton of money. You know, a crap ton of money. So that's something to consider as well. So let's talk about some pointers when we pick up these wooden pieces. Okay, so the type of wood used is uh, one of the basic things that you need to look for. So uh, like the early 15th century, uh, oak was being predominantly used for creating, item, creating items. So you might want to look at when they claim this is from. Let's say, oh, this was 400 years old. Okay, well, what trees were available? Um, what were people making things out of, essentially? What was abundant in the area? What, uh, you know, if you're getting a some like rainbow tree from the forest of or the jungles of Costa Rica and suddenly you're you've got like rainbow wood and you're like okay well that, that doesn't make sense especially from 600 years ago where the global market didn't exist so there's things like that to consider okay so antique carvings also should have a smooth finished uh, just because we talked about the wear over time okay they do not have that rustic look or the marks of the chisel on them those are going to be gone uh, especially if they claim they're over 50 years old. You know, it doesn't take very long for it to get weathered down, people to touch them, people to handle them, um, all that kind of stuff. So uh, ideally check out for certain uh, features such as the length of hair, um, kind of shape of eyes of the figurines as they'll kind of give you a hint to the authenticity of that. So if it's a like a statue of a woman or whatever, look at the intricacies of the hair. Look at the length of it. Is it easy? Does it look like it would it was easy to do? If it looks intricate and, you know, 
Um, the shape is so just spot on um, because if you've ever seen somebody like a master uh, chisel away at stuff, you've got 50 different chisels, uh, all of different sizes. And that I would have taken like a week to do. And then you got another week for the other. So that's another thing is just to consider what it is um, and how specific, so specifically detailed some of this stuff is. So that's, it's important. So ancient items are not ancient, antique items do not smell new. Okay. So if you find the smallest hint of spirits or smoke, it should be an indicator that the piece is probably fake. That smell would have been long gone, long gone. Um, cause that wood is dead. It's not, it's not producing anything. So if you do smell smoke, um, you know, it's still going to have some of it's, some of its uh, liveliness to it, you know, that's some of the stuff that you find in it um, when it was alive and it's currently dying and, you know, it's in the process of rotting essentially. So, okay, so no matter how carefully an antique has been handled, there are always few lines of wear and tear evidence. So even if the surface has been recently applied or worn down, uh, the value changes of that particular item. So knocks and scratches are all part of its history and it usually only enhances a piece or enhances a piece. So if you do see something that, oh gosh, this just looks like it's been beat up. I don't know about this. That actually increases its value because it shows its wear and tear. It shows that it's been through no doubt hell and back. Um, so that's, that's something to always consider is looking at um, how much wear and tear does it have. And those are pretty much some of the biggest ones uh you know after that you're you're kind of just um comparing it to maybe something that is handcrafted that you know that maybe that you have on hand um but other than that those are pretty much the biggest characteristics of that so let's talk about what some of the most expensive wood in the world is now this does attribute to the price uh especially if you're in a particular area and um maybe there's an indigenous tree that you know is like, oh my gosh, I would love to have this particular tree from this area and something carved out of it so I can bring it home. Okay, so number 10, purple heart wood, okay? Purple heart wood, um, looks like it goes by many names. So amendoium, violet wood, amaranth, and pelagane. Um, when the tree is cut, the brown color changes to purple due to light exposition and uh, it grows more in the central area, or Central America. So it makes it a little rare. Looks like these are about ten to forty dollars per piece. Next is a bobinga, is number nine, found in Western Africa. Looks like they make uh, guitars and stuff out of it, and it is about nineteen dollars per board foot. Wow. Okay, so that is number. That's number nine, man. These are going to get expensive. So number eight. Okay. Cocobola wood. Cocobola wood is in Mexico and Central America. It's kind of like an orange, reddish, brown color and a lot of irregular dark lines. They can cost over $600. It doesn't specifically say how, how much for you'd get for 600 bucks, but probably not, probably not a lot. Next is the Lalignum Vitae. This is $5 per pound, so it's one of the most dense wood in the world, and it's in South America, Central America area. Interesting. So it's defined by its weight rather than length. Hmm. All right, so next is Dalbergia, and it costs about $16 per foot, um, which seems like that's, uh, is that more expensive? Yeah, that's a little more expensive than the other one. So this is Indian, um, so agar wood. Agar wood um, 
is $100 per kilo, and it's in the Thailand, Laos, Himalayans, North India, Myanmar. Um, it becomes more valuable after being infected by a type of mold. It changes in color and gives a distinct smell to the wood, which people extract and use in an oil. Interesting. Next is pink ivory. Pink ivory is so precious that in the past only a Zulu king was allowed to have it. And other people were punished with the death penalty. Interesting. So $10,000 per kilogram. Holy cow. That's uh, Zimbabwe, Mozambique, and South Africa. Dear Lord. Next is going to be ebony. Okay, It's known for its dark color. It's very resilient, uh, resilient and can last a lifetime. They can even make knives out of it. Um, it's $10,000 per kilogram. Jeez. Ebony has been a, wo- been a wood that for two or three or 400 years... They've gone into other countries and they've used the ebony until it's all gone. Okay, so it looks like it's so rare that people, you know, when they do find it, they take it. Next is Indian sandalwood. 30,000 and 85,000 per ton. Uh, One of the highest rates of wood in the market. This is China, India, Indonesia, Australia, and Philippines. Wow, okay, India has forbidden the export of sandalwood. Hmm. So at least from there, obviously. Okay. This is number one. Um, and this is African blackwood. Okay. It's one of the rarest and most expensive woods in the world. It grows in some region of the African continent. Okay. So per kilogram, ooh, starts at $9,000, uh, per kilogram and the process timber costs at least 13,000. Okay. It's perfect to create fine instruments like clarinets and make them super valuable. Um, it's, Looks like the African blackwood is in the IUCN red list of threatened and might disappear in a few years due to climate changes and exploration. Oh my goodness. It is a cool looking wood. So I would look that up. Check up African blackwood. That is sweet looking. Okay, guys. Well, that that's it for this episode. I actually uh, filled more time than I thought. 18 minutes of talking about fake antique wood carvings and the differences between the fake stuff and the real stuff. So guys, remember with faked items, there are those who produce them, those who purchase them, and those that listen to this podcast. I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye.